Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and in this edition, we take a look at the many strides, the significant strides made by the Command's Diversity Plus Inclusion Program since its inception three and a half years ago. Joining me to share that update is OSI's Chief Diversity Plus Inclusion Officer, Ms. Jackie Dixon. Jackie, welcome to the program. It's so great to be talking about uh, D Plus I with you again. Thank you so much, uh, Wayne, and I look forward to our conversation. I've enjoyed the various podcasts that you've produced over the last uh, two years or more, and each one I learned something new about one of our teammates and or a program, so I look forward to providing an update this morning. Fantastic. Well, thanks for that free plug. I appreciate that very much, Jackie. Uh, uh, Now, since our last podcast together, as you mentioned a couple of years ago, the uh, uh, Diversity Plus Inclusion Initiative has moved uh, to the OSI Force Development Directorate. Now, what's changed as a result of that move? Well, thank you, Wayne. The intentional move of Diversity Plus Inclusion to Force Development has been fairly transparent to the command Um, As everyone is aware, Force Development is one of our newest directorates, and I moved and my position moved effective last June, so I celebrate my one-year anniversary in Force Development. Well, congrats. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's been exciting, actually, to be a part of the directorate standing up and embedding diversity plus inclusion into the various uh, Force Development LOEs. Um, for example, how we look at uh, the synthesizing um, of the total force career field development and enhancement, our talent management and retention efforts. Right. And really the focus is on the uh, career life cycle of our teammates. All now, of our right. diversity plus inclusion efforts continue right. to align directly with the OSI strategic plan line of effort one, to develop and sustain an exceptional force. And one of the key areas that I've noticed and advantage that I have is that I have a closer communications with our career field managers Uh um, in the RKB, along with our AFPC career field teams as needed. And this has been instrumental in gaining additional insight into OSI's developmental processes. Now, now, again, I was, I was going to say, Jackie, pardon me for interrupting, uh, just for our, our novice listeners uh, in the audience. So the RKB, of course, is the Russell Knox building where uh, OSI headquarters is located. Yes, that is correct. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and one of the things that our teammates may or may not be aware of is that OSI had the opportunity this past March uh, to brief the chief of staff of the Air Force, General Brown, on our diversity plus inclusion journey, as I like to call it, because uh-huh. we're learning something new every day right. um, as we uh, pursue this journey. Uh-huh. So when we were able to, to brief uh, General Brown, we talked to him about not only what our council is doing through the standup of our OSI 100 program, our onboarding initiative, which is now nested with our field support squadron, FSS, Right. our exit survey program, and other initiatives that the council is working on. We also had the opportunity to share about the success of our DO300 uh, program, mm-hmm. what the amazing work our civilian recruitment team is doing, along with our active duty uh, partners, and the exciting work that always uh, resides with our strategic engagement apartment partners through our 
non-federal entities, uh, Noble, Hafcoa, uh, Wiffle, and things like that. So it was right. a great opportunity to present uh, to General Brown and the rest of the MAGCOM commanders. And um, I had my bench strength with me, General Buller, right. Bumgardner, Chief Gow, Mr. Sunderbrook, Colonel Hudson. So it was just an amazing opportunity to highlight OSI at that level. Oh, no doubt about it. And uh, when you get the backing of uh, senior leadership uh, on OSI's end, uh, uh, you you go, uh, they say there's strength in numbers, and that's certainly a, a pretty strong uh, lineup there, if you will, Jackie. Uh, yes. Now, uh, now that we're halfway through 2022, and time seems to just be flying by, what's the latest on the uh, Diversity Plus Inclusion Council tenure, and uh, what new initiatives uh, are on their horizon? I know uh, uh, senior leadership has been very interested in that. Yes, they are. Um, our, so our newest council was just uh, brought on in March of 2022, so this past uh, year, um, and their tenure runs through 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we grew the council um, to also expand our reach command-wide. So the Diversity Plus Inclusion Council consists of a cross-functional council, um, 35 members, military, civilian, professional staff, agent, intelligence specialist, IMAs. Uh, So we're excited to have that diversity within our council. Mm -hmm. New to this selection process this year was we did a blind review process, Uh meaning we took all of the applications that we received and we received an upwards of 60 plus applications. And we have removed the names from those applications And that helps us to reduce our own biases when we know someone. So we want to, you know, tend to lean in and pick that person because they may remind us of ourselves or somebody we know. So it's strictly on on qualifications then. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. And uh, that actually leads right into my point. We actually just focused on their why. Why did they want to serve on the Diversity Plus Inclusion Council to advance OSI's diversity uh, plus inclusion priorities. Mm-hmm. So after that, after reviewing and rating over 85% of the council that was selected, identified within the commands and societies uh, demographics. So that let us know that we have a good process for selection. Right. We have the right individuals at the right time interested in serving on this council. And their why was so compelling that it just fell out organically, um, that that's how the selection process occurred. So we are very excited about uh, introducing that into our process. Our council reps were excited to to learn that that's how their selection actually occurred. And that um, it just kind of reinforces biases show up in different ways, but we try to eliminate those as much as possible. Right. Sounds like another uh, win-win for them and and for the command as far as, uh, you know, selecting the best of the best. It is. It is. And some of the initiatives that we've charged this council with uh, during their tenure is to assist the OSI career field managers with the barrier analysis activities, Uh um, the continuous review of OSI policies and programs for barriers um, to success, and to continue to stay partner with our command recruitment uh, office on efforts and leverage those opportunities uh, to participate in recruitment events. In addition, uh, one of our newest council reps is uh, in the initial stages of developing a tough talk series that walks teammates through various diversity inclusion scenarios. 
uh, to include generational diversity, cultural diversity, gender identity, um, et cetera. And we see this as a platform to create another tool for our teammates to use to have those crucial conversations and learn more about each other. As a matter of fact, we'll be meeting with you soon at the end of the month to kind of lay the foundation for this, what our thoughts were, and see how this initiative can complement the good work that our PA team and you have already been doing. Yeah, so so thank you for that spoiler alert. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah we're going to be talking uh, uh, to a couple of uh, movers and shakers down at the uh, uh, academy uh, down in Georgia about this, uh, who are uh, uh, laying all the groundwork and gathering background information and content and things like that. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, uh, to hammer out you know the logistics and, and to tie it all in with the uh, uh, overriding uh, you know podcast initiative that uh, you know General Bullet is so uh, so high on. So uh, so again, thanks for that uh, bit of. Uh, a plug on that, uh, Jackie. You're doing great on two for two on plugs today. <laughs> That's great. Now, uh, uh, one area uh, uh, that the senior leadership is particularly interested in uh, concerns uh, assisting OSI career field managers with uh, barrier analysis activities to bolster the total force. Jackie, where does that effort stand right now as we speak? Yes. So in March, when we brought the new council on board, we also provided an orientation. And at that time, Colonel Hudson, who also serves as the Force Development Director and Officer Agent Career Field Manager, provided the council a great overview of some of the expectations in this area that we'd like for the council to assist our career field managers. One of the great things about being within OSI is that we have the opportunity to intimately learn about each other, Um, our career paths, what's going on in each of our teammates' uh, professional and personal lives. So it gives us a huge advantage over much larger career fields with knowing who our individuals are and what's really going on within their um, life cycle, their career life cycles. So taking that information that Colonel Hudson provided to the um, council, we're going to use that information to action plan. Whenever there's a developmental team that occurs for the officer, civilian, or enlisted side, they're required as the career field team to develop an action plan that identifies triggers or barriers. So for our audience that may not be familiar with barrier analysis, a trigger is a trend or a disparity or anomaly that suggests the need for inquiry into a uh, personal policy practice or procedure. Essentially, it's a red flag, letting us know that there's a a policy that requires further review. And then a barrier is any policy, procedure, practice, or condition that effectively limits opportunities for individuals of any particular race, ethnicity, background, sex, et cetera, to include individuals with um, disabilities. So armed with this information from our career field teams, we can then as a council identify areas in the career field uh, cycle or lifespan that we need to take a harder look at for potential barriers, um, review that data to uh, determine if there are any triggers in our policy, and then just further assess what may be driving or causing those barriers. And from that assist the career field managers in their action planning. What are ways that we can eliminate and reduce those barriers? 
Right, right. Well, that's well. Uh, obviously, uh, that kind of partnership is going to go a long way uh, within the command. And speaking of partnerships, as we go to our next question, uh, partnerships uh, up and down the board have been long a staple for OSI. Uh, how is partnering with fellow agencies like uh, NCIS, which is the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, on uh, special observance months uh, progressing? Uh, we've had a lot of specialty months of late, uh, especially. Yes, we have. And it has been beyond outstanding and uh, continues to bear great fruit. We learn uh, more and more about each other in these sessions, too. Not only our similarities as investigative agencies, but our differences as teammates. Um, NCIS learns from us. We learn from them. And it just bolsters our collaboration efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely see this partnership uh, transcending to other agencies within the uh, building as they too stand up their diversity and inclusion spaces right. and programs uh, to assess additional opportunities to just grow and learn from each other. Um, last month, for example, we had the uh, opportunity to hear from NASA uh, astronaut Sunita Williams, who is also a retired Navy captain, and to right. hear her share her experiences and love of story, it was a lasting experience. Right. And not only that, it allowed the teammates in the room, uh, we were in the Russell Knox building um, conducting this session, uh -huh. but we had two or three individuals in the room that had children that are interested in being astronauts, wow. and they were going to share this podcast with their children as a way to see that you can be what you see just listening to Astronaut Williams' story. So right. I continue to be amazed by the talent in OSI and other agencies and definitely look forward to future partnerships oh, with no NCIS and other agencies. No doubt about that. When you can get uh, uh, kind of, you know, quote unquote, uh, celebrity names like the, like astronauts in there, it's uh, it's got to have a lasting impact. No doubt about that. Now, Jackie, yes. you, you recently wrote an article for our public website and social media platforms on the new and improved OSI exit survey. And you mentioned exit survey briefly earlier. Uh, now, for our listeners not familiar with an exit survey, what is it and what's the status of OSI's latest version? Well, thank you so much for asking about the exit survey, Wayne. In a nutshell, exit surveys help us learn why teammates stay, why they leave, and how OSI needs to change. Um, we're living in highly competitive times now, and this is another tool to help us retain uh, talent. And sometimes it's, it's um, hard to kind of turn that corner and say, but you, you want to retain talent, but you're giving it to, you're um, using an exit survey to do that. Right. Well, it's the information that we get from our personnel that are departing that is very helpful and allowing us to determine what policies, programs that we have in place right now that we may need to improve for generations to come. Mm -hmm. And it will help not only us, but it will help future leaders within, within OSI to take this information and proactively influence change as needed. Um, as everyone is aware, General Bullard released the exit survey uh, this month, the uh, uh, new and improved version, which is an automated tool Mm -hmm. um, not, no longer a PDF file, but you can do it via a link or a QR code. Um, and the force development director will be responsible for managing it. In addition, we've asked our uh, OSI at Field Support Squadron, FSS, and our OSI Director of Personnel and Manpower to add this link and QR code to all out processing checklists immediately 
so wow. that we can begin to pull in that information. This will be followed by email reminders to departing personnel. Um, so this has truly been a labor of love um, by the Diversity Plus Inclusion Council to include uh, several internal and external partners. Right. And um, just a little quick pitch here. The exit survey was released on the 2nd of June, and we already have over 20 responses in our cycle right now. So we're quite excited about this. Well, it sounds like uh, the, the latest version, Jackie, has hit the street uh, running, if you, if you will. <laughs> yes, it has, Wayne. We are very excited about it. Now, uh, shifting to the Department of the Air Force Office of Diversity and Inclusion, what can OSI look forward to uh, coming down the road from uh, their efforts? Well, the DAF across the board uh, can look forward to exciting uh, changes within diversity plus inclusion, positive changes and ways that we can look at uh, measuring, uh, proactively measuring what our outcomes are in diversity plus inclusion. And just for our listeners, in late 2020, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion moved under the Secretary of the Air Force Mm -hmm. from the A1 community, which is personnel and manpower community. Right. This was an important and significant significant change for diversity and inclusion across the DAF as it provides the proper leadership and organizational accountability and allows all of us to have standard measurements in hiring, course development, promotion, retention, and organizational climate. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, some of the standard measurements that the DAF will begin to apply to the rest of us and how we can implement those within OSI. We'll also begin to see improved focus on opportunities across the DAF for all personnel in professional development, personal development, uh, family um, initiatives. There will also be intentional development of training courses aimed at developing inclusive leaders. Um, How does an inclusive leader show up? What are some Mm -hmm. attributes we should look for? And then also, lastly, is infusing um, artificial intelligence into our unconscious bias training, how we can leverage that tool across the DAF. Um, As I talk about that, I'll actually be uh, going TDY next week to participate in training with some other diversity inclusion officers from the DAF and to bring that back to our council and the leadership team to see how we'll roll it out in OSI. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, continuity uh, across the board is going to be a watchword uh, for the entire, uh, uh, you know, D plus I initiative. And that's and that's a good thing. So people will will know where everybody is standing, uh, no matter regardless of what organization they're with. Yes, it will be. It will be. And it'll allow us to kind of benchmark with each other. If Mm -hmm. uh, ACC has the best practice they're using and the data is starting to show that, then we can go to ACC and pull that over into OSI and see if it is a good cultural fit for us too. So I'm definitely excited about the standardization piece. Very, very good. Now, uh, Jackie, I recently, and I've been around for a while, you know, you know me, I've been around the block a little while too. (laughs) I recently saw an unfamiliar acronym. It was DEIA. Now I figured out that the D plus I, uh, what that stood for, you know, diversity and inclusion. But what do the initials E and A stand for in that acronym? And I understand it's part of a a Department of the Air Force strategic plan. Is that right? Yes, it is. So um, the latest additions to the D plus I family are E and A, as you mentioned, E is for equity and A is for accessibility. Uh In January of 2021, um, they were 
infused via Executive Order 14035 uh, that added equity and accessibility to the diversity plus inclusion space. Right. Um, equity, um, just a, a short definition, is the consistent and systemic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals. Mm-hmm. And accessibility is the design or the construction development and maintenance of facilities, information, communication technology programs, and services so that all people, including people with disabilities, can fully and uh, independently use them. Um, Under this area, we also hear the word access used too, Uh um, interchangeably with uh, accessibility. So you'll see both words used, but the intent is to create a space for all individuals to grow and flourish. I see. Okay. Well, uh, uh, again, uh, uh, I've seen a lot of acronyms in my time, and I'm glad you educated me on that one. That's for sure. Uh, now, and Wayne, for- before we uh, move on, I would say that as a result of that executive order, federal yes. agencies across the DAF and all levels, um, federal government agencies were to implement their respective DE&I strategy plans. The updated DASH strategy is pending release in the uh, coming weeks. In the coming weeks, I've had an advanced peak of it and Uh look forward to the implementation and subsequent updates to OSI's Diversity Plus Inclusion Action Plan, because as a uh, agency, we'll also need to incorporate equity and accessibility into our own learning. Right. Well, as 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 you uh, mentioned before, I think uh, uh, evolution is is a key component of OSI's uh, initiative. Uh, it they, is. They, nothing nothing stays the same forever. It uh, it's got to, it has to evolve, I guess, with the times. Is that also a fair assessment? Yes, it is. It it is. We're definitely lo- living in some ever changing times, and um, so I'm just excited. Uh, to be a part of this uh, process right now. It certainly sounds like it, Jackie. Now, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we uh, say so long? Well, I I can honestly say, team, this has been a fast three and a half years. And my (laughs) hope is that we continue to embrace diversity plus inclusion as leadership competencies that assess the knowledge, ability, and capability of all individuals then, de- then deliberately understand and apply diversity and inclusion companies to the OSI and DAF mission um, execution. So it is just so important that when we think about diversity um, plus inclusion, it's more than that demographic uh, piece that we tend to see. It's the beauty of leveraging other facets of diversity, such as diversity of thought, our differences in work style, thinking, learning, how we interact as teams and groups, gaining experiences from cultural groups through our global interactions, and then taking this piece and ensuring that through inclusion, all personnel are free to make their fullest contributions to the OSI and DAF mission, and there are no unnecessary barriers to success. So ultimately, I think if we extend grace to each other daily and be willing to learn something new, we are going to win, win, win in the diversity plus inclusion space. Well said, Jackie. Our guest has been Ms. Jackie Dixon, OSI's Chief Diversity Plus Inclusion Officer. Jackie, thanks so much again for taking the time to be with us. It's always great to chat with you. Yes, you too, Wayne. Thank you. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, I'm Wayne Amon saying, So long for now.